لا إله إلا Bismillah, alhamdulillah, assalamu alaikum, which means peace be unto you. Welcome to another episode on The Dean Show. Today we're talking and giving you, we're going to be, God willing, giving you some evidences, some proof that the Quran, which was compiled over a span of 23 years, which is revealed not just to the Arab, but to the white, to the Chinese, to the African, to the American, it's a guidance, it's a book, an instructional for the whole of mankind. My next guest is going to come out and he's going to give, this is a topic we can talk on for days, but in this short episode he's going to give some of the top reasons that you can ponder over to come to the same conclusion that over 1.5 billion people all across the globe have come to, that this is indeed not a man-made book, not a man written by Muhammad or any man, this is indeed a revelation for you to follow, to be successful, not only in this life, but in the hereafter, when we come back, my guest, Noman Ali Khan, you don't want to go nowhere, we'll be right back on The Dean Show. There's only one God and Jesus was his messenger Allah la ilaha illallah I don't know why I did that maybe it's just, maybe it's just to break the ice Assalamu alaikum brother Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh How are you Very good alhamdulillah I'm I'm glad and happy to have you here on the Dean show Good to be here and we're going to get straight down to business mm -hmm. People uh, who have watched Possibly the other show, they know that you run the Baina Institute. For the most part, I teach Arabic. Yeah. And I teach, uh, I just recently started a seminar on behalf of Baina Institute called yeah. Divine Speech, yeah. which looks at the literary miracle of the Quran. Mm -hmm. So it looks at the Quran from the literary linguistic point of view, and it's designed for English-speaking audiences. Okay, so they can show, we have actually your whole story of how you really got, used to be an atheist, and then you... Uh, uh, that whole story is on the other show that we did with our brother. You can go on thedeanshow.com and look for Noman Ali Khan. He'll have his own section there on The Dean Show. But today, there's some sincere people out there mm -hmm. that are looking for the truth. Now, they might have come from a different way of life that they can sense, they can see that they're intelligent enough that these are man's fingerprints all over these different philosophies, theologies, and they don't want to follow a man-made religion. Mm -hmm. So we don't want them to put Islam in that same category. Yes. So tell us, how would somebody know that this is indeed a revelation from the Creator of the Heavens and sure. this Quran, this book? Establishing that the Quran is actually from Allah, from the Creator of the Heavens and the Earth, the Lord and Sustainer and Provider of all, um, it's, it's absolutely critical for a number of reasons. For the, the most fundamental reason being that if you are absolutely convinced after some pondering and research and reflecting on the evidences on your own, if you're absolutely convinced that this is in fact the word of Allah, it's the word of the Creator, then thereafter all the doubts are removed. So this is the fundamental doubt that has to be attacked and has to be tackled before anything else. And once this has been tackled with, any other issues you might have become irrelevant. So it's at the heart of the matter. Mm -hmm. Now, the Qur'an has been looked at as the ultimate miracle by Muslim scholars from the very beginning. And this is a topic that has been the subject of Islamic scholarship for now a millennium and a half, from many, many, many different angles. 
some of those angles, like the most common angle, is the most difficult to explain in English. Why? Because the idea is that the Qur'an is miraculous in terms of its language. Something in the way Allah speaks, something in the way that He uh, communicates His message, is, is so profound and incredible that it can't even be translated. The message can be translated, but the miraculous beauty of the words can't be translated. Now this is the part that's a long discussion. You can't really do that in a 30 minute or 10 minute Give kind of thing. Give us things that will tantalize us, they'll get us excited to want to go and do more research. Okay, now uh, just to give you a, a taste of this, this topic. Uh, the Qur'an, for example, one of its unique literary features mm -hmm. is that the Qur'an, uh, a lot of it rhymes. Yeah. A lot of it rhymes. And, you know, you could say, well, there's other literature that rhymes. But the amazing thing is you have these extended long passages. The ends of each ayah or verses, it's called, it's, it rhymes. And all of a sudden the rhyme breaks. Mm -hmm. And then the rhyme comes back again, right? You know, in modern literature, you have the idea of paragraphs and mm -hmm. footnotes, like yeah. if you have a paragraph and there's one comment that the author wants to make that's a, sort of a tangent, mm -hmm. but you need to understand it before going forward, they'll put a superscript one or a subscript and then they'll, they'll have something at the bottom of the page or refer you to another page or another book even. The Qur'an does this incredibly in audio form, meaning Allah is talking about a subject, all of a sudden He'll change the rhyme scheme so the listener knows that this is a footnote. This is something that before I go any further, I need to understand this footnote and then come back to the original subject. Yeah. So actually paragraphs are even organized phonetically. This is incredible in, in terms of literature. That, that entire passages in discourse is organized just by the sounds that are being produced in the passages. Mm -hmm. Now you can't translate that. But that's actually not what I want to emphasize in this episode. What I really want to talk about are some areas of the miracle of the Qur'an, at least three of them, mm -hmm. that are easily identifiable and people can ponder over them outside of the language issue, uh, that make the Qur'an unparalleled mm -hmm. and miraculous. The thing of it is, to appreciate what makes Qur'an miraculous, we have to understand the challenge of the Qur'an. The Qur'an actually issues a challenge. It says, if you are in any doubt, in kuntum abdina, if you are in any doubt over what we have sent upon our slave, bring something like it, bring a surah like it, bring, a, bring 10 surahs like it, bring yeah. a Qur'an like it. So the idea of the Qur'an is, if this is not from God, you should be able to produce something that competes with it. So let's talk about what, how can somebody compete with the Qur'an, what does that mean? One way in which that is understood is, Allah says in the Qur'an multiple times, He says, وَلَقَدْ يَسَّرْنَا الْقُرْآنَ لِلذِّكْرِ This is number one. He says, we made the Qur'an easy, we facilitated the Qur'an for remembrance and also means for memorization, for memory, mm -hmm. dhikr. Now the thing is, in this ayah, Allah says He made it easy. He didn't say the Qur'an is easy, he said Allah made it easy. So there's some kind of divine intervention here uh -huh. that makes the Qur'an easy to be understood or easy to, to memorize. Yeah. Now, I personally am a testimony to this, but more than myself, hundreds and millions of people on the face of this earth that are not Arabs, that come from very different ethnic backgrounds, uh, children and adults of all ages, both genders, without photographic memory, have memorized this book beginning to end, cover to cover, all, you know, in some prints, 604 pages, all 604 pages, uh, exactly in identical form down to the way they're supposed to recite each syllable. So to, just to give you a hypothetical scenario, if there was a child in Australia mm -hmm. and, uh, who's memorized the Qur'an at the age of 10, 12, I know 7-year-olds that have memorized the entire thing too. And these are not exceptional kids, that's the amazing thing. This is, if you train your children, you know, this is a norm. 
Actually, there are some villages in Sudan and Somalia where the entire villages memorize Quran. The mother, the child, the guy who delivers the groceries, everybody. Have you met anybody it's, that's memorized, say, the whole Bible or what we have of the Bible? I know people that know a lot from the Bible, but not cover to cover. And it's not, it's not a cultural thing. And there may be people with super exceptional photographic memory that are able to do so. But this is Allah making it easy for anybody. For anybody. For anybody. Like for a good example, actually, in my opinion, a great example is Imam Suhaib Webb who's uh, one of the great da'is, he actually took, uh, he became Muslim much later in his adult life, started learning Arabic, and he's actually already memorized the entire Qur'an. He's an American who accepted Islam. He's an American who accepted reason. Islam, traveled abroad, yeah. and actually memorized the entire Par Qur'an. Parents didn't speak Arabic, so Nothing him. at all. Uh, so here, uh, what I, the example I wanted to make, the Australian memorizer of the Qur'an meets a Chinese Muslim who's memorized yeah. the Qur'an. They don't speak each other's language. They, besides Assalamu Alaikum, which is the universal Muslim greeting to greet one another, they could say that much. Mm -hmm. But they can't really even ask each other how you're doing because they don't have the same language. Yet, when these two people start reciting the Quran and one of them recites, the other one can actually finish it. Mm. He recites half the, the, the ayah, half the verse, the other guy can finish it. They know exactly what they're saying for all 604 pages without even looking at the text, just, just in conversation with each other. Completely perfect strangers meet up at the airport, they're praying together. The guy leading the prayer makes a mistake in something he's reciting. People in the back can correct him and say, no, 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 actually, it's this way. So even if somebody makes a mistake in their memory, hundreds of thousands of people are there to correct. So it's been preserved. It hasn't been, is there any additions, things, different versions of the Quran? Ah, so here, here's the next. The, this issue is very central. The Qur'an is miraculous in its preservation. Mm -hmm. And uh, Western audiences have to look at this different perspective. Our idea of preservation is archives, books, parchments, paper, yeah. documentation, libraries, transcripts. This is how we archive stuff, mm -hmm. right? We are arguing that a much more powerful means of archiving and storing a document is having multiple sources, hundreds of thousands of people, memorize the same exact document from the very beginning. So now you have, for example, if you had a, a written copy of the Qur'an, which by the way, like in, a, in ancient times, in one city, an entire village, maybe there's one copy. But thousands of people that have memorized it. Mm -hmm. So the actual means became memorization. Why is that more powerful? Because a, a, a transcript can be edited. Right? And especially if there's just one copy of it. Yeah. But if you have a thousand people that know it by heart, I mean, put, put it to the test. I mean, th this is the challenge of the Qur'an. You take all the Bibles in the world, all the Old Testaments, all the New Testaments, all the Torahs, every, all the, you know, the, the ancient Hindu texts, etc., etc. You get rid of them. You hide them, you put them away in a, in, a vault, in a vault. Also the Quran, you put it away. Nobody has access to these books. I tell you, in the city of Chicago, or in the city of New York, or in a small town in Georgia somewhere, even in the United States, we're not even talking going abroad. So long as you have one or two people that have memorized the whole Quran, you'll recover the whole book in a day. The whole book, we can recover it. How easy is that to do for, for other books? It's incredible that yeah. the book is preserved even if you get rid of the physical books, it's still around, right? So uh, this is the number one primary reason of how the Qur'an is archived and imagine if there were multiple versions like you said, if there were multiple versions of the Qur'an, what would happen is some people would know a different version than others, right? And so you would have different and it would spread like that. Yeah. But what you have now is consistency across hundreds of nations and hundreds of different people of different languages mm -hmm. reciting the same exact thing. It is impossible, even if you tried to put a new Qur'an in place, 
what you, you took some surahs out or you edited some words and you, this is your own Qur'an. It wouldn't last a day because there's way too many people on the exact same message. Talk about corroborating witness, right? Yeah. So this is actually a miraculous means by which the Qur'an is preserved. So long as there are believers around, in the, literally in the millions that have memorized this book, you can't get rid of the Qur'an. That's it's indeed uh, a miracle. That's, it is. That, that is uh, amazing. Are there any kind of other miracles, things that are discussed in this Qur'an, that there's no way that someone living 1400 years ago in the desert, you know, it's unfathomable that somebody can, uh, you know, make something up that we just discovered today. Are there mm. any examples of this? See, uh, I'll give you another uh, kind of example. The Qur'an speaks in very precise terms. Mm -hmm. It says, وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ If the Qur'an was from other than Allah, yeah. the Qur'an puts this hypothetical scenario, if the Qur'an was from other than Allah, لَوَجَدُوا فِيهِ اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا They would have found in it a lot of contradiction. Mm -hmm. They would have found a lot of contradictions in the Qur'an. What's interesting is, obviously the text is talking about contradictions in the book. Yeah. But even the word اختلافًا the word for contradiction, the way it's pronounced in that ayah, doesn't occur anywhere else in the Qur'an. You, you know, somebody could logically argue, well, I found another instance of that word. The Qur'an says you wouldn't, you wouldn't have found a lot of contradiction, nor even the word contradiction, the logician might argue. Even the word, in 23 years of this Qur'an being revealed, the word ikhtilafan, contradiction, in that form, in that specific pronunciation, doesn't occur again in the entire Qur'an. So the Qur'an is... It's incredibly precise in how it speaks. And imagine a person is speaking and delivering a message for 23 years. What are the chances of him, not, uh, him avoiding that one word mm -hmm. that isn't supposed to occur the second time? SubhanAllah. Similarly, the word Ahad, when Allah says He's alone. Ahad, unique. The word Ahad occurs only once in the whole Qur'an. Yeah. And, and there are other mathematical nuances. For example, you have Surah Baqarah. Baqarah is the second surah. Second, I don't like the word chapter, really. We should call it surah of the Qur'an. It's made up of 286 ayat, yeah. common term verses. Again, I don't like the word verse, I like ayah better. I think it's proprietary. Anyhow, the, in Surah Baqarah, there's a verse that says, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا This is how we made you a middle nation. This is how we made you a middle nation. Now keep in mind, the Qur'an is recited. It's not documented, this is number one, this is number two, this is number three. That came later on. Yeah. That statement that we have made you a middle nation, occurs in ayah number 143 of a surah that is a total of 286. This, the ayah that says we, you are the middle nation occurs in the middle ayah, halfway through 143 is half of 286 of the surah. Again, an oral tradition, a surah that was revealed different parts at different times and compiled over a long period of time. And yet even then, look at the linguistic precision in the Qur'an. It's a remarkable, and this is just one or two instances of nuance. There are hundreds and thousands of them. So the first was memorization. Yeah. The second, I can only allude to, which isn't really my main second point, is how, how precise and intricate the language is. But here's my real second point. As far as the Qur'an is concerned, one of its profound, most profound miracles is actually the word Qur'an. The word Qur'an itself. Qur'an comes from, in Arabic, comes from the word qara'a, which means to recite. Yeah. But the way it's formed with that an at the end, what it really means is that which is recited excessively. One of the core meanings of the word Qur'an is that which is recited excessively. Now think about this. We're living in uh, the, the age of mass media. Mm -hmm. right? We're in, living in the age where some artist comes out with a song yeah. and a million MP3s are downloaded. Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and we are saying, we are arguing that one of the things that makes Qur'an miraculous, it is that it is the most recited. It is the most recited. Now, now think about this. You have this song or this movie or whatever that's on top of the charts. Yeah. How long does it stay on top of the charts? Not too long. Let's just give it, let's say six months, which is crazy, yeah. but let's just say six months. Six months, millions of people are listening to this one song and humming it and singing it, whatever. Then it just gets played out. It gets played out. Just one phrase in the Quran, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. One phrase. I begin with the name of, or with the name of Allah, the excessively merciful, the constantly merciful. Right? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is recited countless times a day by millions and millions and millions of Muslims every single day for the last millennium and a half. It's been, it's been on top of the charts. It's the most recited word. Mm -hmm. And it's actually more read statistically than even the Bible in the world. And the Muslims are not the majority population. The Muslims are a minority as opposed to uh, the Christian community in the, in, in the world. And even then, being a fifth or less of the world population, this is the most recited book. Come up with something that can stay on top of the charts consistently like the Qur'an. That the people won't lose focus and will continue to recite it, recite it, recite it, recite it. Every single day, day in and day out. It's incredible. So this is another actually miracle of the Qur'an. Mm -hmm. Another small miracle on the side, I don't want to go to the main ones, but even before I get to the main one, uh, the, the side miracle. The Qur'an says about uh, Muhammad it says, وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ We have elevated your mention. He sa the Qur'an says about Muhammad that he has elevated the mention of the Messenger If you know about the call to prayer in Islam, the Adhan, uh, the Adhan includes the words, أَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ I bear witness that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. And whenever we hear that, we send a praise upon the Messenger May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Yeah. If you look at the world today, Muslims are all over the world, and you know how there are different time zones? Uh -huh. There is not a minute that goes by that there is not an adhan going on somewhere. Hmm. Somewhere in the world, an adhan is taking place. A call to prayer. The, the, a call to prayer is taking place. And in that call, whose mention is being elevated? The creator of the heavens and earth. The creator of the heavens and the earth, and then the mention of his the last, messenger. His last and final messenger. His last and final messenger is being uh, born, it's being borne witness that he's the messenger of Allah And people are hearing it and elevating his status by saying May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him What did the Quran say? We have elevated your status oh. Can you imagine somebody else being praised like this? Consistently, every single day, 24-7, globally Across languages and cultures And Allah, just one small statement in the Quran We have elevated your status and Your mention and his mention is taking place, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, just by that one phrase of the Quran, unparalleled. Now that praise is because he was our teacher, showing us just like Jesus at his time was showing people absolutely. How to worship this is God. Uh, absolutely critical. And the same thing is. So we we say as as much as we uh, acknowledge and honor and show regard to our messenger, yeah. we acknowledge that he is a slave of Allah, that he is not the one we worship. He is the one we obey because God gave him revelation. Yeah. And he is a human being just, just, just like anybody else. Like and actually Jesus. he was commanded in the Qur'an. This is really critical. Yeah. He was commanded in the Qur'an to say, قُلْ إِنَّمَا أَنَا بَشَرٌ مِثْلُكُمْ Say, I am just... Literally, Bashar means a human being made of skin and flesh. Yeah. It's literally referring to the mortal being. He's saying... Tell them, Allah is telling them, Tell them, I am just a mortal being like yourself. Just like all the messages. Jesus... Moses, Noah, just like Abraham, all the they had the same message, worship God, not themselves. They exactly. were mere mortal, mortals. Yes. Okay, let's continue. Give us some more. I'm okay. Really, this is, uh, so, 
So you have, this was actually a side yeah. miracle, but it's a profound statement. I mean, come up with somebody else who's got higher celebrity status yeah. than the Messenger of Allah. And no matter how much you criticize him and hate on him and have, uh, you know, you, you have documentaries made or horrible speeches made by some, you know, uh, some anti-Islam groups that, that spew lies and filth and take things out of context against him. No matter how much you do that, it still doesn't reduce his praise any. Yeah. It actually continues to grow. It, his mention and his, his followers actually continue to grow. So actually, they're, they're actually fueling their own fire. SubhanAllah. Tell Anyhow. us, we're, we're almost out of time. Give us uh, another one of these okay. amazing miracles. Now here's one that, because uh, I was a student of philosophy and also of history, yeah. it really it baffled me. You know the idea of, when, when most Americans when they go to high school, we study about revolutions, right? We study about the French Revolution, the Bolshevik Revolution, the Russian Revolution. Uh, we study, in, in these revolutions, we when we talk about a revolution, we talk about a society that had some sort of an uprising against a regime, mm -hmm. and something changed. If you talk about, for example, the French Revolution, right? It was, uh, authority used to be in the hands of the church, and it was overturned, and now it was in the hands of the people. So popular democracy, that was the revolution. A lot of people lost their lives, right? In, in struggling for that idea or that cause. But in the end, after that revolution was done, did people still eat the same things they used to eat? Did they still speak the same language? Was their family relations pretty much the same? Did anything else change dramatically? Not, not significantly. The culture was pretty much the same. The overlying thought process, and, and it over, over a long period of time, there were significant differences in the culture. Similar thing in the Russian Revolution. Russian culture before and after the revolution is very similar. Mm -hmm. What did change? The economic system changed. The czar has been overthrown, etc., etc. But now if you think about this, these revolutions that are great revolutions in history that people talk about, let's take the Russian Revolution, the Communist Revolution. It is authored by great minds like Karl Marx, right? Marx was a German. He lived 60 years before the revolution happened. Mm -hmm. Did he ever imagine that his book, his writings, his ideas are gonna get people to so fired up, they're willing to give up their lives for this cause? No. He never saw this. I mean, he's a thinker, a writer, a librarian even. He's sitting in the library doing his, his research, right? He's a thinker, philosopher. Yeah. Now compare all of this, these revolutions that are political in nature, sometimes social in nature, a lot of times economic in nature. These are what revolutions are, political, social, and economic. Mm -hmm. Compare these revolutions to what happened in Arabia, like you said at the beginning of the show, in 23 years. The Quran was revealed to Muhammad when he was at the age of 40. It stopped being revealed when he died at the age of 63. So there's a 23-year period. The man who is presenting this idea that no one should be worshipped except Allah, and he alone is the authority that should be worshipped and obeyed, he presents this radical idea to his community. People reject him by far, but some people start joining in, joining his ranks. Within 23 years, this has never happened before in human history, that an entire society has undergone a revolution, but it's not just political, and it's not just economic, and it's not just social. It's also spiritual, it's also dietary, it's also hygienic. The way people speak changed, the way people deal with their wife changed, the way they do business changed, the way they, the way they uh, interact with each other, with their neighbor changed, the way in many cases, the way they dress changed, right? The way uh, what they love changed and what they hate changed, what they wanted to live for and what they wanted to die for changed and the government changed, and the economics changed, 
Right, the big stuff change. You know, when we talk about revolution, we talk about big stuff. But life on at the lower levels inside your home, it's still the same. But these 23 years brought about this change in this society that you can never imagine in any society in such a short period of time, and completely revolutionized the society. I don't know of any document in human history that is, first of all, the one presenting that document. In this case, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The one presenting that document is also the one struggling for its cause. Mm -hmm. Because all these other revolutions are philosophers and writers who died long before the actual revolutions happened. Here you have the revelation coming to him. He himself is struggling for this cause. He's not sitting in some library or behind some couch and writing these things and other people are willing to die for them. He's in front of the battlefield. And he brings about this profound spiritual, personal, psychological, social, political, economic revolution in a complete way in this society. So much so it's already ready to challenge other world powers. I mean, look at Arabia 23 years ago. He's at the age of 63, right? Yeah. Look at Arabia 23 years ago. It's a place where the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire and the Abyssinians, they're all surrounding the Arabs. Nobody wants to invade the Arabs. You know why? What do they have? They got desert. There's nothing there. Why should we send our soldiers out to toast? Because there's no, there's no resources. Oil hasn't been discovered yet, right? Mm -hmm. this, these people were considered powerless Bedouins that traveled the desert. And yet in 23 years, they are ready to challenge the superpowers of the world. And they've completely revolutionized how they live. You have people that, that were such criminals that were, you know, they were known for robbing and pillaging and stealing before Islam, and now they are governors, and they are treasurers of cities, and if they find one penny missing from the treasury, they're willing to give their life up to get justice for that one person. Complete change in people. This is one of the most profound aspects of the Qur'an as a miracle. It, com it brought complete change, not to just the individual. You know, when a person accepts Islam, it's a revolution inside that person. We're talking about revolution inside people, in their family, in their neighborhood, in their society, at every level within 23 years. This is amazing. we got to just glance over a few things that we mentioned. Uh, you don't have to go into depth because we just have a couple more minutes. Sure. But this will just entice people to look into this further. The scientific miracles of how we were developed and other things about the creation that was mentioned 1400 years ago that we're discovering they are indeed true today. Yes. Can you just glance over this real quick? Yeah, this is, this is part of a larger subject called yeah. basically the consistency between scientific phenomenon and the Qur'an. Uh, there's a lot of research being done on this topic in the Arab world. Specifically, scholars like Sheikh Zanadani have done a lot of work in this area. Um, the one you mentioned, the, the, the graphic and uh, meticulous description of the embryo as presented in the Qur'an is actually completely consistent with modern scientific findings under a microscope, right? Um, and uh, there's a great book on it, The Bible, Quran, and Science by Maurice Bokwa. Okay, it's so one of the first. See, they could see that. They could, they could look up that book. And, the and Bible, the Quran, and Science. The Bible, the Quran, and, and Science. Uh, it's a great book on this topic. Maurice Bouquet. Maurice Bouquet, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have, you have that angle. Another interesting, of the hundreds of scientific phenomena that are in the Quran, uh -huh. just one quickly, uh, in a very curious ayah in Surah 57, Allah says, وَأَنزَلْنَا hadid." We sent iron down. We sent iron down. He, he, I mean, for mountains, He says, we created mountains. For the sun, He said, we created the sun. We created the earth. But for iron, He didn't say we created. He used a peculiar verb, we uh -huh. sent it down. I was talking to a few geologists about this. And they said they believe that the, the uh, iron 
came to the earth historically in the form of meteors and was buried deep into the wow, earth. Oh, this is amazing. So, you know, and, and just the, 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 the verbiage of the Qur'an and that he sent it down, subhanAllah. So this in itself is a consistent subject, which actually isn't my expertise, but I'm very curious about it. I'm more on the side of language and linguistic research. We've got one more minute. Tell the people now, what is this Qur'an? What is the Creator through this living miracle that we have the Qur'an? If they submit to it, what is it? The benefits hmm. of coming and doing what this book God is telling them This to do. book on the one hand is a miracle But on the other hand it is a personal guidance for your life It is personal personal guidance for your life It guides you and it shows you the way in your daily struggles And I'm telling you this from personal experience And of those that are close to me This book has opened doors I know people that went to the library Started reading a translation of the Quran And they came back and they said I didn't read the Quran, the Quran read me Mm -hmm. This book is a good picture of where you stand with your Lord What you need to be doing on a daily basis Which is why one of the greatest definitions of the Qur'an in the Qur'an Besides it being guidance Is that it's a reminder People forget their purpose in life People forget what they're here on the earth to do They get dissuaded or they get you know, uh, distracted by entertainment And by movies and by YouTube or this or that or the other They get distracted into many different things And here you have a reminder Constantly bringing you back to your essential purpose. Thank you for being with us again. Sorry, we're out of time. We're going to have to do something again with you. Absolutely. I hope you all got to benefit. You heard the man. He gave you a few things that you can ponder over. You got to be what? Honest with yourself. You got to be sincere. And ask the one who created the heavens and the earth and everything in this universe to guide you, to make it clear. And it's there. It's very simple. And we hope to see you again next time. Come back here every week at thedeanshow.com. And until next time, assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you. The DVDs for Dawah, as Allah has said in the Quran, in Surah Nahu 16125, invite all to the way of your Lord with wisdom, beautiful preaching, and reason with them in ways that are best. And this is a great opportunity for you to take up the obligation, take up the call, as Allah has told you to do, and share this beautiful message with the world, Islam, submission to the one God. Come and see what everyone's talking about. If you find one contradiction, it can't be from God. But the rational idea, the rational explanation is, you do your best. Give up worshiping God is one. I will never give up spreading this message. We hope that you take that necessary step. You don't know if you're going to live till tomorrow. So you got to find that urgency to do the right thing right now. If you say that you do not believe in Jesus, you have stepped outside of Islam. You cannot be a Muslim. It is attended our faith to... It's cold, it's late, everybody's sleeping. I arise and ask Allah to forgive me. Oh Allah, you see. Oh Allah, you know all the sins I do. I turn to you to forgive my sins in my heart. I'm your sinful slave. You're my loving Lord. I'm the one who runs away. Oh Allah, guide me.